Bruce Lawn. On this video, I am going to give you the three highlights from Kanye's, or now known as Ye's, interview with Drink Champs, and the three lows that kind of disappointed it. But before we get into that, my name is Bruce Lawn. If you guys want to take our free How to Study the Bible course, it is in the description below, or go to mastermydevo.com how to get more clarity, get more context, and most importantly, get more consistency and application to your Devo time. That's in the description below. Drink Champs is a podcast where they go on and get people drunk. I used to watch some of their stuff. I honestly don't anymore just, just because I like, man, this premise is kind of trash. And they take forever and meander around topics worse than Joe Rogan. So the three lows, we'll start with those. The low number one, honestly, was Kanye hitting the Henny. Okay, now here's the thing. He acknowledged that the Taylor Swift situation was because of Hennessy. And Hennessy, I don't know what it is. I've never been a fan of Hennessy. I've drank it a, maybe a handful of times back when I even used to sort of dib and dabble. I don't drink anymore. But there's something about Hennessy that just hits certain people different. And unfortunately, Kanye then hitting the Hennessy early on, taking a couple of sips in it, I think sent the whole thing left. <laughs> he started out good. He was grooving. He was flowing. And the conversation, like I say, the first like 20, 30 minutes of it was good. It was not a ton of profanity. He seemed real lucid. He seemed real tapped in. And then they got him to hit the Hennessy. And then ironically enough, he even admitted that the Taylor Swift situation, which happened because of him showing up to the MTV Music Awards, what a bottle of Hennessy. He said it was too Two of his addictions on display at the same time, which I think was alcoholism and fame. I believe that was it. So as he drank more, unfortunately, it got worse and worse. And so the entire conversation is really summed up. This is what happens when you have Hennessy, when you have someone that is um, bipolar or dealing with some some form of mental illness, uh, which which kind of Hennessy and drugs and all that kind of stuff adds to that, right? ADD or ADHD, something's going on because the way he just jumps around from conversation to conversation, I'm gonna show you guys an example in a second. Had he went on there and didn't drink the entire conversation, I think it would have played out differently, but unfortunately it did not. And I was, I was bummed out. Now, the second thing is what led into something that we see with the way Ye kind of deals with conflict. And I've I've heard this about him, just so you guys know, like I don't know Kanye personally. I've been around him a handful of times. I know a lot of the folks in his circle, and I'll get into the, the feedback of like, he needs better Christians around him, he just has fake Christians. I'm gonna get to that in just a second, but I will say in the way he deals with conflict, and you saw it when he started talking about Big Sean and John Legend. Now, I think his critique of Big Sean and John Legend is neither here nor there. He wanted them to support him for his election. They didn't want to support him. They supported Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. He didn't like that. He felt like because they changed their life, he should have had more of their support, whatever. Listen, that's neither here nor there. The issue with the way he went about those conversations, going at Talib, going at uh, Big Sean, going at John Legend, is I think Kanye has a tendency to be very passive aggressive and not say these things to someone in person, or he probably spazzes out when he does them. And I don't know if he has like healthy coping and healthy conflict skills. About Big Sean, he said the worst mistake he's ever made in life was signing Big Sean. And I was like, okay, that's a bit over the top. And then what happened is Big Sean tweeted a photo from Kanye 
post this interview, because this interview happened before the Sunday service thing. So remember, the interview happens, he shaves one of his eyebrows off, he does Sunday service with, with Marilyn Manson, Justin Bieber, and Big Sean is there, and Big Sean on Twitter puts, I just saw this dude at Sunday service, and he said nothing of the sort to my face. I think Kanye needs to work on some healthy conflict things. Regardless on what his opinion is on should it, should it, that's, those are the type of things that should be said to somebody face to face. And when it's not said face to face or it's said over a text message or it's said over whatever, like in an interview after the fact, right? Like I think there has to be some degree of, hey, we're going to have a hard conversation. I feel betrayed in this regard. Not I'm going to explode on you or I'm going to say something angry in a text or I'm going to say something in an interview. I think that part bummed me out, especially just the way he talked about Big Sean. That was like, man, that was a bummer. And the last part, uh, which is the most obvious part, which is this, this man, this man hit the blunt. Now, some of you guys are like, oh, he smoked a little weed. What's wrong? Right? Okay. You know, the Hennessy was already flowing. I don't understand why he did that. Clearly, if you watch the interview, you could tell that Kanye is a lightweight. He doesn't really drink. He doesn't really smoke. But the hilarious part about the, the Hennessy thing is he's actually, I mean, about the weed thing is he's actually getting roasted on Twitter for not inhaling. So it's, it's like he made this symbolic gesture to like, want to appease Nori. And shout out to Nori, by the way, for doing, finally getting this interview. This is one of the most high-profile interviews Nori's ever gotten. They wanted to do Drake, and they were trying to manifest getting Drake. They didn't get Drake, but they got Kanye. They honored him. I'm happy for Nori. I'm not happy that Kanye went on there and drank and and and, and smoked. But even in the way he smoked, um, he didn't inhale. He's getting roasted all over Twitter for it. But I still don't think that was a good look. So those are the lows. A couple other side things. He made a statement way later in an interview where he said collect Collectively, we are God. And I I think I understood what he was trying to say. I think he was trying to say when people come together in community and church, it's like the body of Christ. I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of doubt that gets a tie-in. That was kind of sloppy. I think uh, this is something that's going to come up. The Hebrew Israelite thing. He made a couple of points about the Hebrew Israelites. There is two, two main camps within the Hebrew Israelite movement. Okay. One side is the stuff that you see online. It's when you see the vocab Malones and you see these guys go and debate them. David Wood, John McCray, they go debate like Hebrew Israelites. They, there's actually a big pack of them here in downtown San Diego. So there's one side of that world that hates white people, doesn't believe white people can be saved, and is really, 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 really uh, aggressive and egregious in some of their views. I don't think that's what Kanye believes in terms of the Hebrew thing. I think he believes the second. I'm gonna show you a clip that I think is gonna tie it in. The second side of the Hebrews thing is black people, African-American people that identify ethnically as Hebrew. I did an interview with my guy Zadok. Okay, don't agree with him on everything. I did an interview with Zadok, my man Street Hems, who's a Christian battle rapper. And there's quite a few people that identify as ethnically Hebrew. They're black. They identify as ethnically Hebrew, but they don't hate white people. They don't think white people can't be saved. They don't, they just, they make an argument for based on the genealogy of the map and where the transatlantic slave trade happened and the people who were there potentially being of Jewish blood and they've done the test and people from this part of West Africa have the same bl blood as is Israelis and this whole thing. So I think that's what Kanye is kind of alluding to. I don't think he is of the, we're going to stand out in the street and tell people, white people they can't be saved and say all kinds of wild stuff. I don't think that's what he's on based on the clip I'm about to play you guys here in a second and so on and so forth. Now, some of you guys are going to push back and say, Kanye needs real Christians around him. Here's what I will, I will say to that. 
I've been to Sunday service. I know people in his circle. And I know people in his circle that are like super super duper charismatic, healing, laying hands. I've seen them lay hands and pray. And I've actually seen people get healed that like the the folks that like shared the gospel early on with Kanye have been around. I'm not going to give names. But the one name I will give you, for those of you guys that are like, Kanye needs better Christians about him, look up Pastor Adam Tyson. Pastor Adam Tyson was with Ye earlier on around the time of the Sunday service thing before he fully surrendered his life to God. And, 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 and Pastor Adam Tyson went on Apologia, which is not a channel I agree with a whole lot. But if you go listen to Pastor Adam Tyson's interview, you will get an entire synopsis of what is Kanye's framing, what is his position. Pastor Adam Tyson is white. He's reformed. He's not charismatic. It's interesting. And that is actually the pastor that preached at all day Sunday services. I don't know if he preached at this last one, but all the ones that I've been to, all the ones that where they were traveling, that was the pastor that they brought out who preached a very simple almost like a, I almost call it a hell and brimstone fire gospel, but it was a very simple gospel. So I want to make sure that you guys know about that. Look up Pastor Adam Tyson. Pastor Rich Wilkinson is who married Kim and Kanye. There's a lot of pastors in, in Kanye's life that are relatively balanced and specifically Pastor Adam Tyson. So those of you guys like, he needs better. The thing with that is Kanye needs to want to be around these people. He needs to want to surround himself with people. He has access to all kinds of people, but he needs to be around these types of people more frequently. Now, I'm going to bring this back to the Hebrews. In the highlights, I'm going to play you guys one clip where I think this this one clip, I think, kind of summarizes the entire conversation. Um, he talks about being around white pastors. So clearly Kanye doesn't hate white people. Clearly he doesn't think white people can't be saved. Okay, so this clip right here summarizes this entire conversation. Okay, so here's the clip. It's at about the 203 mark. And this is one of the only times you actually see the interview edited. And and my buddy told me he thinks they edited out Chris Jenner's name. So check out this clip. There might be some profanity in it, but just check out this guy. I think this one clip summarizes like pretty much the entire conversation. Listen. I don't even got a watch right now. Pastor gave me a, a Timex that I wore. I had the one where I had like this uh, 200. Uh, yeah, seen I it actually now. bought it that day and I gave it away that day. Where was I at? <laughs> you, you missed that giveaway. Because no, it's this pastor. Listen to the conversation. This is how the whole the whole interview is. I don't have a watch. I gave it away. A pastor gave me a watch. I gave the watch here. He's literally just jumping through topic to topic. Like it's like floating around. Uh, listen to what, what he says next. Right. And he had no idea what that watch was. Right. When I was taping, I was at a church right. called Grace Farms that's uh, designed by these architects that I love named Sana out of Japan. Right. This right went boom. So that shit at the bottom of the screen. Boom, 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 boom. So, so like he jumps to something else. He's at a church. He's around a pastor. And then, and then like, again, this whole conversation is like this. really wild. So the pastor was talking to me. Uh, he said something. He's like, man. He goes on another tangent. He's in the middle of a tangent, in the middle of a tangent, going on another tangent. Listen up. You know why racism? Because he's a white pastor, so he wouldn't just instantly talk to me about racism. Okay. He said, man, racism is wrong. It's because, you know, God don't make junk. And I was thinking, like, don't say it like that, man. <laughs> don't worry. It's like, no. <laughs> that's not your explanation for racism. <laughs> but this man, I'm talking to him about, man, I, I want to... Uh, I want to pull my family back together. I'm assuming this interview is not that helpful to that, but the... It is. I don't think it'll hurt. Don't worry about it. You good. Yeah, I think so, because I got to get the people up out the life that shouldn't be in the life. That's yes. my wife at the end of the day, so it's like, I'm okay. using... Because, by the way, I can't do nothing illegal, but this is legal, ain't it? So I'm, I'm the priest of my home. 
So if I need the nanny to get up out there and the publicist, you, you, you guys catch that edit? I need so and so to get it, and the names. Get, so he, they either clipped out the name of whatever publicist he's having issues with, or they clipped out the name of Christian. Someone's name got clipped out. That's definitely an edit there. Get out there. That's what. Yeah, that's your family, huh? That's my. That's my family. Right. right. That's real shit. That's my family. E. That's real. That's shit. my family. Hulu. Right. That's my family. Hulu. But that that little sequence. I think summarizes how this entire conversation went. It was that. Like, it was like, boom, 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 all over, right? So what he says there is, it says a couple things. One, he says he wants to get his family back together. He repeatedly says him and Kim are not divorced yet. He says he, the, the paperwork's not done. He is saying, hey, I'm, I'm fighting for my marriage, but he's self-aware enough to understand that, hey, this is probably not, not the best thing to do, go on this podcast and have this conversation publicly. So he, he, he says he wants to fight for his marriage, says he's a priest of his own home. I know that I'm not doing right with God right now. He acknowledges that around the same timestamp. Okay, so he, he does that. So I appreciated that about him. That clip, his heart for his family, his heart for reconciliation with his wife is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for him, and I think you guys should be praying for him as well. The second part that I appreciated was him standing up for himself. And this is, you guys are going to think this is bizarre or whatever. But he talks about the Drake beef, right? And he says, look, my issue with Drake wasn't just that people thought he slept with Kim or whatever. He said, my issue with Drake was that he alluded to sleeping with Kim, his wife, and he alluded to potentially having Kanye harmed. He said, I'll throw him on a guild and I'll put him on a t-shirt, such and such and such and such. And so they asked him like, why did you leak their address? Which was one of my issues with, yeah, I think he shouldn't have leaked their address. And he's like, well, it wasn't, I didn't really leak their address. It was more public information. It was Googleable. And they said, okay, well, listen, if you leaked the address, that's not what he said. Yeah, well, it's like a Mike Tyson. It's like I bit him, I crossed the line, but this is why I crossed the line. No one saw him headbutting me. He parallel it to Vander Holyfield and, and Tyson fights. I bit his ear by leaking his address. Okay, understood. He said, says, I put um, Beyonce, Jay-Z, uh, uh, Drake, all these people on a group text. And basically his issue was, hey, man, like you're saying you're going to bring physical harm to me. And this is on a hit record. Travis Scott, who was his brother-in-law at the time, is on the record. And you're saying this and I'm hearing this at the kid's party. And he basically stood up for himself and said, in a public sense, amongst the community and said, this is a violation. You can't say these sort of things. We could spar with rap. We could go back and forth. I still got left for you, but you can't say you're going to bring physical harm on me. And then in, the, in, the, in that group text, he goes on to say, I'm worth more than all of you combined, which I just thought was a hilarious flex to say on a group text with Kanye and I mean, uh, with Jay-Z and Drake and that whole thing. But I do admire him for standing up for himself because I think that is at that point that's a violation like that's a that's a different this dude is alluding to sleeping with your wife in multiple bars your wife is like that none of that even came true to happening he acknowledges beyond the scenes that none of it had even come true and then he's repeatedly saying he's gonna bring physical harm and hurt you on multiple songs a song with your own brother-in-law and no one around him is, is like, yo, that's a foul, that's a violation. And so I appreciated, believe it or not, that he stood up to the situation amongst his peers and basically attempted to check everybody and like, look, I'm more valuable than all you guys because he's saying his net worth is $9 billion or whatever. So I appreciated that. The last part, I appreciated his pro-life views. And this is what I mean. He talks about how terrible 
uh, terminating pregnancies is. He talks about how bad it is on the black community. He talks about being aligned with the new Texas law. However, he says, hey, but I want to create infrastructure and cities and generational wealth where we can pay women who are considering about doing that act to not do that act. And, and if you guys saw my video on the Texas law, I actually talk about that. I said, hey, we should be known by these things. We should be known by taking care of these things. We need to do more to prevent this and we need to create more support systems. And I'm willing to put my money on the line and, and, and help women so that this act doesn't happen because uh, it's not helpful, it's not okay, we're killing our own, that whole bit. I thought that was really great, his position on that. I'll tell you guys where I, where, where I I'm gonna, and I'm gonna give you two quick verses, but I'll tell you guys overall where I think Kanye is in a second. The only other thing that was a little alarming to me, and it, and it makes sense, is he admitted, which I've never heard him admit before, that he's not good at reading, and he's not good at math. And if you think about why there's there's these issues he's having is a lot of it is because he is struggling to, in my opinion to be in the scriptures and read the scriptures on his own and his own jesus is king album he says i only halfway read ephesians it's like fam ephesians is like a five chapter book it's not very long you can literally sit down and read ephesians in like 40 minutes 30 minutes so i think it's interesting that he reveals that about himself that he has trouble reading and i think that's connected to why he's having some of these issues because the way he learns information is through an experimental, I need to touch it, feel it, see it, experience it, instead of, hey, I need to go and read a great book about mental health and how to balance my mental health. I need to read a, a, a business book. I need to read, a, right? He, he struggles with reading, and I thought that was really interesting and vulnerable of him to share, and I think that's connected to some of the issues and the struggles he is having in his faith because he's not reading. I mean, he's struggling to read the scriptures. And as somebody that came, English is my second language, what got me reading was the Bible. It was the Bible and a Stephen King book. I started reading because I wanted to take my faith seriously and I went from like really struggling to read. I could read, but I, you know how you read a story and you see the picture in your head? Like I, I, I wasn't able to do that until about ninth grade when I got to the Bible and in 10th grade, I read the new evidence that demands a verdict. I would hope that because he's so gifted in other areas that he wouldn't reduce that or, or like not value that. That, that is very important to, to be able to read and internalize and apply, even if you're not good at it. I'm not the best reader, but this is where audiobooks come in. This is why I put it, put together the, you know, how to study the Bible course. And there's a little tip in there about how you can use the audio version of the Bible if you struggle with reading like I do and I have. This is what I want those of you guys that are like, yo, blah, blah, blah. This is what I want you guys to, 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 to be thinking about. Um, and I think this ties into some of the theology, some of the conspiracy theory stuff. I just, I don't, it doesn't sound like he has a good grasp of scripture. And this is why biblical literacy is so important. But here's what I would be considering if, if, if I'm you. This man's probably going through the hardest year of his life. This man's in the middle of not wanting to get divorced while his wife is wanting to get divorced. He's feeling like his family's getting torn apart. Clearly he's going through pain. I think this is the hardest year of his life since he's lost his mom. And so as Christians, as believers in Jesus, I think we're called to pray for him. I really believe that. Like, pray for this brother. Pray that he would get the wisdom. Pray that he would get better at reading. Pray that he would want to be around the good Christians in his life that could hold him accountable, that could tell him no. He has those people in his life. Those people have been around him. I promise you those people have been around him. So instead of assuming he's not really saved, he's not really this, he's not really that, pray for him. And when you, and if your spirit is like, oh, he ain't really saved, Think about in your life, when you were saved, 
but you were going through a, a really, you had a really rough day, or maybe you had a really rough week, or maybe you had a really rough month, or maybe you had a really rough year. So some of you guys watching this got divorced after getting saved. Some of you guys watching this have committed adultery. Some of you guys watching this have done drugs after getting saved. Some of you guys have looked at porn. Some of you, right? Like, and it, and it wasn't like a one-off, like you binged for a weekend, okay? Think about what it was like in that dark season of your life. When you're thinking about yay, remember yourself there. Instead of dismissing his salvation, instead of saying he's this, instead of saying he's carnal, um, pray for him. Like really stop and pray for him. And this, I think, this should be our posture. Like, I really believe this should be our posture. It should be a posture of prayer. It should be a posture of, hey, let's pray that he gets around the people that God already put there. God already put Pastor Adam Tyson there. God already put a bunch of other folks there to be there along with him through the sanctification process. People that do tell him no. People that do tell him you're tripping. Pray that he would want to be around those people. Pray that he would have a hunger for the word. Pray that he would have a hunger to get better at reading or at the very least, listen to the scriptures or at the very least, watch Bible project videos about the scriptures, right? I think from seeing everything in, in context in this last year, him mandating Bible studies, him taking off the cussing from Donda, um, him having the Sunday service thing with uh, Manson. I genuinely think Kanye is a brother in the faith who's going through a rough year. I, I truly believe that. And I think we could all relate to that to some degree or shape. And so there's two verses I want to share with you guys before I get out of here. The first one is Galatians chapter 5. My brothers and sisters, we're told to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Okay, for the entire law is keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The first thing I really want you guys to do is, is remember that you have freedom in Christ, but don't use your freedom to sin. Kanye may have had freedom to take a, a shot of Hennessy, but man, did that go really left really fast because clearly he's a lightweight, right? So the first thing I want you guys to know is like, hey, there's freedom, but we don't use our freedom to sin. We don't use our freedom to cross the line. And then a second passage is a, is, is a popular passage is, is, is Romans chapter 6, 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we should remember that, hey, we've died to sin because of the work on the cross. And just because there's freedom and there's grace and there's mercy, that doesn't mean we continue sinning. That doesn't mean we just continue doing whatever we want to do and whatever feels right. Because sometimes the things that feel right aren't the things that you need to be doing and practicing restraint might be the things you need to be doing. So overall, um, this interview was really hard to watch. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's really hard to watch. If you guys want to see my whole reaction, that's on Patreon. You can check it out. The full, well, like I say, 80% of the, 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 the entire thing. But Kanye's not perfect, man. And neither are you. And neither is, neither is anybody. Like there's people that are criticizing him that have, go, have gone and done similar things. There's people that are criticizing him that have gone, gotten divorced as a Christian. There's people that are criticizing him that are not in positions, in my opinion, to throw stones from their glass house. So I don't think the response for this is to be critical. I think the response is to pray for him and to also to say, hey, man, he shouldn't hit that blunt. It's just not a good look, even if he didn't inhale. Hey, he shouldn't have that many drinks. That wasn't a good look, especially because of the daggone Taylor Swift situation and him being at the VMAs with a bottle of Henny, acknowledging that interview. And, and, and my heart ultimately for Kanye is that he said once uh, a long time ago in an interview, he said that his genius is in the ability to learn new things, that he's always able to learn new things. And I would hope and I would pray that he would continue learning the things about 
God and the Bible. That only halfway read Ephesians would not be something that would ever make it into a song, that he would read the whole scripture, he would read the whole New Testament, that he would get around people that could hold him and encourage him accountable. Right now, he's on a, he's like a nomad, he's traveling around the, the country, kind of just floating. It's really interesting. And pray for his reconciliation with Kim. Pray that God would um, just restore that marriage and reconcile them. I feel like that tension, the, the, all the stuff that happened last year with the election, that I think he's really struggling. And, uh, and it's, and it's, it's hard because man, this is someone that's having his entire life magnified for the world to see and doesn't quite understand that sometimes it's better not to say anything. Sometimes it's better to not do the interview. Sometimes it's better to just let the music speak for itself. You know what I mean? So guys, thank you so much for watching this. I appreciate you. Hey, remember how to study the Bible in the description We'll go to mastermydevo.com. It's a free course. We also have a free niche training. If you want to consider jumping into YouTube space, that is there. And if you want to partner with what we're doing, the very best way you can do that is consider joining our Patreon community. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Yeah, have a good one. All right, peace. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. Remember to hit that like button and make sure you subscribe. I wanted to tell you about a free upcoming course I am putting together at mastermyhabits.com. When you sign up right now, you'll be the first to be notified about the course. And in the meantime, you'll immediately get access to a playlist going over my journey on how I went from addiction to freedom forming habits. So make sure to hit that link in the description. I'll see you on the next video.